Welcome back to Instructions Not Included with Jeff and Tori, a show that dives into uncharted obstacles that millennials like us face and the decisions that we make to reshape and rewrite those traditional norms and values that we grew up with. We had a little bit of a break because of the holiday, but we do have a fun episode um, planned today, a little bit different of format, and it's our first time recording without our baby. He finally started daycare, and it is rough. Here we are. We now have a 12-week-old, so we are now those parents who have their kid in childcare, so this is our first like episode. drop-offs. I know. So it was an interesting experience. I'm sure all parents understand what that's like, but... Here we are. We made it to 12 weeks. Yeah. And so that means I'm also three months postpartum. And luckily, I've had such great support that it's been as best as it can be. It was definitely a little emotional, um, you know, the night before Eason was going to daycare, um, just because we've been together for not just these three months, but actually for nine months prior. So it's just that separation of mom and baby that... um, I know about, but to actually feel it, it's been something. But what is it like as the dad? Uh, I mean, it's definitely a different experience. I think we've talked about this where the connection that you have or any woman would have with their child where they have carried them for nine months. That's just something that I as a father cannot relate to, uh, but can do my best to understand. So I understand how that must feel differently for you versus me who didn't have that experience. That just gave me like a topic idea for a future episode. I wonder if we can find someone who may have had um, a baby through a surrogate Ooh, or, cool. or uh, if formally it'd be called a gestational carrier if they didn't carry the, the baby. I wonder what that type of connection is, but uh, we digress. So today's episode is going to be a different format, like I mentioned, um, Our relationship is definitely in a different season than it's been. We've been together for five years now, and there's been a lot of ebb and flow in that from, um, you know, us moving in together. Long distance, Mm -hmm. dating, living together, married, now with a child. And so one thing that we have found to help us is communication prompts. So I'm definitely the more emotionally um, aware partner and for you it took a while to kind of get yourself to open up um even find you know language for how you may feel i don't know if i think it's a guy thing but i think just guys in general have a little difficult time communicating their feelings huh patriarchy put their guard down really make themselves vulnerable and just share emotion because in society we're told to be tough and really not show emotion because that shows weakness but it's just you're taking away a human factor of what makes us human and what makes us feel so i hope that these this game or that i like to call it and questions help to make people make guys in general feel more comfortable about having these deeper conversations and sharing their emotions yeah so one of the decks that we have is from best self it's an intimacy deck um, and it says it's a tool for deeper connection and conversation with your partner Um, and jeff actually you bought this yeah so this is on amazon great great product i'd say uh we've used it a couple times uh probably going to be using it more i'd say and i think it was just a great idea for us to bring it on to today's show and, and really talk about it because 
uh, going back to what we were saying, I didn't really have a great time communicating how I feel. Uh, my words didn't match up with my actions. So this is just one exercise that helped me better myself in that area. So with these cards, there's different prompts uh, with six different categories, and it allows me to answer questions that I wouldn't have both of us answer questions that we wouldn't have had if we weren't to ask them. So you'll see once we start getting into the questions, there are typically questions that you don't run into on a day-to-day basis mm-hmm. or interaction with your partner. But it helps you just either relearn about, <laughs> relearn um, the other person, you know, find out something about their past that may explain you know, who they are now. And there's just some fun questions in there too that just can lead to either fun conversations, meaningful conversations, but just have kind of, you know, if you've been together for X amount of years, right? Sometimes we kind of stumbled upon it when Easton was actually at daycare. We were like, wait, what do we talk about? And that's just been a few months. So I can only imagine what it's like for certain couples when um, they've been together for even longer. Right. Yeah, and it's just a different way of kind of hanging out rather mm-hmm. than watching Netflix or going out to eat or just... It just adds a little spice. Exactly. It's just a different kind of dynamic. And if you're the type of person who craves deep conversations and really want to open up your thinking and thought process, this is a good way to kind of do that in a fun, interactive way and mm-hmm. learn more about each other. And even if, let's say, you want to have deeper conversations right because even with you you've said many times that you uh you want deeper conversations but don't necessarily know how to get that from not just me but possibly from just like other people in your life uh yeah i mean i would agree with that i think a lot of times topics are typically similar you got sports you got world news you have things that are just going on i think there's prompts probably for I've seen prompts for like specifically for Filipino parents where I I don't know what the brand is, but there's actually something where it's prompts made specific for parents and even specific to your ethnicity. Mm. Um, Because, you know, just with us, we know that it takes, you know, it's kind of like pulling teeth, pulling teeth to have um, conversations. Luckily, like with my parents recently, um, you know, they were telling us stories about their past, like from when they were they started dating and sometimes you just need these types of of games or these this type of avenue to really learn more about other people so yeah it helps just to open those conversations up like i wish i had deeper conversations with my family my friends and this is just one way of having that open up so what we did was we both picked 10 cards from the deck one from each at least one from each category, which is like life, past, relationship. um, Random, about you. Intimacy. And something to note too, and we'll probably talk about this in a future episode, is that intimacy, sorry, mom and dad, intimacy is not just sex. We're talking intimacy in regards to physical intimacy, like cuddling, holding hands, or also um, mental intimacy. Emotional connection. Yeah, emotional intimacy. They call it intellectual intimacy. So again, these are not questions to like set the mood per se, but to build that bond in order to just have a stronger relationship, whatever that means for that person, right? Depending on love languages, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So do you want to pick first or do you want me to pick first? Sure. I can pick first. Okay. So for anyone who's just listening rather than watching, I just have this deck out and Jeff's about to pick one. 
I don't remember the colors. Me neither. Okay, read it. If you could instantly attain three skills, what would they be? Oh, so one, let's say why we chose that card and then you can answer. So the reason I chose that card and I hope that you were picking it is because you talk a lot about always wanting to be a student, always wanting to learn. So that's why when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is a perfect Jeff question. If always being a student, always trying to learn. So three skills that I wish. Like practical and like even like superhero maybe. Um, although I enjoy the process of being a father, I wish I had more fatherly instincts to just be better suited to be a dad. I think that's something that I'm still learning, but I know that it would be helpful just to help him grow. And, and that's why I'm reading. That's why I'm learning. I'm trying to understand how to be a better father. So that's a skill I'm hoping to instantly attain but at the same time i am enjoying a process of learning how to be a father for my own kid uh the second skill uh when it comes to business is probably just uh communication well it could be business and personal life being able to communicate and articulate your thoughts very clearly very concise uh in a way that's persuasive and genuine too is the best way to have great business relationships and personal relationships. So if you can communicate your thoughts clearly, if you can listen well, then you'll do well in not only business, but in your personal life. Yeah, remember when we used to, um, when we used to talk about how you would go into autopilot, Mm -hmm. uh, like when you were doing like cryo still, and you would say that, um, you kind of just would talk to people just to talk to people. And we were, and I had suggested that, well, it would, as a customer, rather than someone not remembering what we talked about last week, it actually would mean more to me if they remembered something that we did talk about, right? Yeah, and I think, I don't know if people can relate to this, but sometimes I'll catch myself going through the motions of a conversation and not really being present in the conversation. You know, when you see those memes that people are always like, oh, that's crazy. (laughs) Or that, oh, wow. (laughs) And it's just like really dead end kind of, that's wild. That's like dead end kind of thoughts. That's what happens when you're on autopilot. You're not really listening. You're not really engaging. And you're not really, you're listening just to listen, not listening. What is it? Listening to respond? You're listening to just get through the conversation well i think it's listening to respond rather than listening to actually understand Understand, the person but in this case i think what you used to do is you used to listen just to make it seem like you were paying attention Mm -hmm. but with me i would know instantly when you were not even here so i think it's important to note too that you've learned communication isn't just about verbal talking it's your engagement your um your listening skills. So there's so much more. When someone says, oh, I want to be a better communicator, sometimes it's like, do you really know what that means? Yeah. Right? And and just to round up this last question, I think a third skill I wish I could instantly attain is just more creativity uh, when it comes to creating content, uh, videography, photography. I think being a creative in today's world is the most valuable skill. Uh, not only from a business aspect, but from a personal aspect as well. You'd be able to capture moments uh, in a different light that a normal person couldn't. And then from a content creation standpoint, 
content creators are just killing it out here. If you have this valuable skill to be able to create create content in a way that's telling a story, uh, new, refreshing, that is what is getting a lot of income in today's world. And it also um, kind of just like, even just with real estate, right? Because the reason why we started doing content was for trying to get our business for real estate. And at the end of the day, sometimes if you don't have that creative spark, you end up kind of following what everyone does. And like for someone that's kind of scrolling on Instagram to find stuff for us, you just kind of see the same thing over and over again. Like there's only so many topics that you can really stumble upon, right, to teach or to whatever. So doing something like this where people can learn more about us through a different lens, I think is also something that a lot of business people or a lot of salespeople are now doing because, again, there's only so much without trying to sound so salesy. Yeah. Right? And that's why like, I've gone through the process of trying to learn how to do podcasting, videography. Which is wild to me. And and then that way I can really understand and speak the language before I hire somebody to do it. All right. So next up, Tori's going to pick a card. Yeah. Oh, duh. Okay. Oh. Don't let me see it. All right. Pick a card. Ooh. Why'd you pick this one? Describe a situation where you lost trust in someone close to you. Ooh. Why did you pick that one? I picked that one because I think you can handle a question and use it in a way, use a handle a question and use it in a way that shows your growth. I think a lot of people today, I think you're very open with your feelings and I think my horrible past relationships. <laughs> Not even that. It's just, I feel like people lose trust in people close to them and they either keep them around or they handle it a different way. So I think sharing your experience may help okay. a listener kind of navigate that. So to me, so I feel like I can answer this question in multiple ways, but trust... So just to clarify, describe a situation where you lost trust in someone close to you. Yeah. So to me, trust is... An, an action, right? So for me to be able to trust you, I have to feel safe around you. Um, I have to feel that your loyalty is there to me. And trust is something that can easily be broken. And like you said, some people may still keep that other person around. And so on a friendship level, I don't necessarily feel that I've ever really lost trust in any friends because first and foremost I keep I'm very specific with the word or I'm the word friend to me is very you hold it I feel like you hold it to a very high regard than most people yeah so to me a friend is not just an acquaintance or a co-worker or um let's say, you know, someone that I I go to the gym with. For me to consider someone a friend in the first place, I have to be able to find safety in them. Like I want to be able to confide in them. I want to be able to have fun with them. Um, I need to ensure that they're not there to hurt me. Um, So I think if you're not my friend, it's not so much that I don't trust you, but I'm not gonna, I, I haven't necessarily lost trust in a friend. I've kind of just grown apart from friends. So on a romantic level though, 
I would say that I've lost trust in people because of, you know, if they've shown signs of cheating, they've shown signs of just lying to me in order to get out of accountability for something. Like an ex of mine used to, you know, call me, um, what did they say? Oh, I already forgot what they used to say. I'm an emotional wrecking ball because they could not handle when I would hold them accountable when they would hurt me. And I think that's where I learned the term gaslighting yeah. from you. Yeah. And so, um, but in that case, even though I lost trust in them, I ignored those red flags and I was trying to rebuild that trust on one end. Mm-hmm. So like, how can you rebuild trust if the other person doesn't even know that it's broken in the first place or or, or, or even like um, accepting their responsibility? So I remember one very, and so first and foremost, for anyone listening, like Jeff and I, like this is our regular conversation. Like there's no, um, we don't hide our past. Like we both know our prior dating histories, things like that. So, but I don't know if I've told you this one. So one time an ex of Uh mine, (laughs) one time an ex of mine um, had told me like, oh, don't come over until like, I don't know, 2 p.m. I have to do laundry. And this was like on a weekend and this was when I was still in grad school. So I was like taking the train and I was like trying to juggle relationship in grad school, all that stuff. And when I had finally gone over to their house, I and this is in New York City, so they have to like go out to a, a laundromat, right? They don't have laundry and mm-hmm. um, whatever. So when I got to their house, their laundry was not done. Like their laundry, their dirty laundry, like no pun intended their dirty laundry was out in the open and so i literally saw that and i was like hmm and and rather and and when i look back on it i knew that that's a crack in the relationship but because i was not ready i was not emotionally mature enough to realize that like that's not my fault that he lied to me that's that that's a projection on his end I was like, oh, well, I just have to make sure that I'm a better girlfriend so he doesn't lie again. So for me, when I've lost trust in someone like that, I just kept going because I thought it was my responsibility to rebuild that trust. And I'm sure people can relate to that who are in relationships. relationships. Situationships is what they call it nowadays. Okay, your turn. We have like a good amount of time. What's the blue one? Describe some times or areas in which you find it most difficult to be open and honest with me. Awesome. (laughs) So I chose that question because in a relationship, in like the history of any like miscommunication or misunderstanding, um, I feel like I have, rather than hearing your side of the story first, I kind of lead with this is why I'm upset with you. Mm -hmm. And so the type of person you are, I've learned that if this is how, if that's how I approach it, you kind of shut down and then start to just say things that you think will make me feel better. But then it's not your honest point of view because you don't necessarily want to um, add fuel to the fire. Yeah. And I think... To answer this question, sometimes there are areas when I find it difficult to be open and honest with you does center around being vulnerable, being emotional, being able to communicate my feelings. Because just for context and background, like 
when I graduated college, I didn't really have a girlfriend for about eight years uh, until until we started dating. I was just so focused on working, and then I had grad school, and then I started uh, a couple businesses, and I was just all about that. So through my adulthood, I'd say in my twenty, my most of my twenties, I never really had someone to kind of check me or really get me to speak my emotions and then on a friendship level I never really had my friends check me if I was just not being open and honest or BSing for for lack of a better term uh on my thoughts going back to what we were saying about going on autopilot I feel like sometimes my conversations have been autopilot and I've never really engaged in a way that was genuine and I'm sure there could have been times when people saw through that but never called me out so when it comes to like knowing that I'm being stubborn or knowing that I'm in the wrong it's a little difficult for me to admit that and then just my experiences of what I've gone through in my life like I, I I've been on interviews I've gotten some some recognition on things and that inflated my ego so that made me feel like a bigger person and in a position where I couldn't be checked so when I do get checked it's something that I have not been used to so that's why it's difficult for me to realize in the moment that I am being uh like putting up a wall or not sharing my genuine feelings and I'm just trying to deflect rather than really take in what I'm feeling and communicate it in a way that it needs to be communicated. I remember when we had the conversation um, for the first time that you were having a hard time with transitioning with a newborn and I had asked you. Oh yeah, that's the best one. Yeah, so, I asked you kind of like, why have you never said anything? So anyone who's a parent and you're really taking care of your kid and you you understand what the three-month grind is, it's exactly that. It's a grind. You're literally not sleeping. You've never gone through something like this. I've started businesses. I've gone through financial troubles. I've dealt with different hardships. But this is just something you can only understand when you go through it and you're, and you're really feeling it. So the type of person I am, it's like I don't show weakness. That's just like a, a toxic trick I had. You just kind of push through because that's what I needed to do from an entrepreneurship perspective. Mm -hmm. But that just sometimes doesn't work in real life scenarios. Yeah. Like you being just a dad. End up breaking. I'm sorry? You just end up breaking. Yeah. You just end up suffering in silence. And that's when it comes out like a volcano for, yeah. and metaphorically speaking. So, uh, yeah, when we were going through the first weeks of parenthood I like just tried to suck it up and deal with it and pretend like I was fine because you were recovering and just I had to hold it down and if I showed that I was suffering then it would make us weaker was my perspective but it actually wasn't the case it would just show areas that you could have helped support me in ways that didn't require the physical taking care of our child so my point is I, it was difficult for me to show that I was in a position of weakness. Not even a position of weakness, a position of vulnerability. Just being tired. Yeah, it's just like I'm on one hour of sleep. I'm like, I did this in college. I could do it now, but it's just different times. 
Um, and there's no need to be a super hero when it doesn't parents. call for it. I'm sorry? When you have both parents. Yeah, and I just didn't need to take that burden on myself. So I tried to just pretend like I was fine when I really knew inside this is like really hard. Yeah. So, so I'm glad we like talked about that because then that allowed us to change how we were approaching like sleep and everything else. And, and I think it's just hard for you too to admit when you're tired because you're just always like your mind is just like, no, I just got to keep going. Yeah. But, and it's just. It, but I have to remind you that rest is productive. Yeah. Rest is productive. And it's just sometimes it's difficult for me to, to nap and things like that. But yeah, I mean, the grind of just going through the cycle of parenthood and not being able to communicate that is definitely something where I was had a difficult time being honest. Okay, next question. All right, here we go. I think we probably can answer like two. Green. Oh, what holiday traditions are important to you that you'd like us to keep going into the future? We were just talking about this. I watch Home Alone all of the time every year um around like thanksgiving like my uncle just texted me and he was like oh it's home alone time i'd like to just always watch home alone one and two only the rest are trash uh with easton every year so i want to do that um so that's for christmas um that's crazy when he's of age that's going to be like a 30 or 40 year old movie I know. And it's like, to us, it just seems like it's still, I don't know, like I, I, I still so good every time. It's one of those classics. Yeah. And it just doesn't feel like it feels like that movie is one of those movies that are just frozen in time. And so no matter how old you get, it's like it, it doesn't, it's still funny. It doesn't change how you feel when you watch the movie. And even if you've seen like the outcome every single time, like when Kevin gets reunited with his family, it is still so heartwarming and pulls up my heartstrings every time. And now that we're parents too, it's just like, I still want to know though how they afford that house. Those, you those, see those the memes. house and the first class Paris tickets. Um, so I definitely want to keep that. Uh, but because it's Christmas time, that's really like the only thing. And of course, decorating the tree. And mm -hmm. there's so many, um, there's so many holiday like events in Tampa that we haven't been able to go to. So I'm sure once we start seeing those, those will likely be some traditions that I'd want um, yeah, to. Yeah, definitely. It's just Easton's been a little young, yeah. but. Ooh, and the pumpkin patch. So like pumpkin when we patch. went with John and Nina and the kids, that's probably something we'll do every year. For so, sure. Yeah. Okay. That oh, why did you choose that one? I just thought it was a fun one. I think we've talked about how cool it would be to start our own traditions and build our traditions around Easton because you had your experiences, I had mine. So we're just trying to create something together with yeah. our family. And I think it's so important too because, um, you know, you there was something that I read the other day where it was like, um, you know, your day-to-day -day moments with your child is what makes up their childhood and it's just like sometimes too like while these traditions are great like you know I always remember my mom cooking like such a huge meal for New Year's like for New Year's she'd always cook multiple things on to put on the table and I'd always be like why do you cook this and it's because you know how you how your table is when the new year starts is supposed to represent like prosperity and health and all that stuff and when my parents were in the philippines remember we did that with one it was just you me and my uncle at the house and it was something that i want to 
that's another thing that I want to continue to. But anyway, I remember those things, but I also just remember those simple day-to-day things of her cooking, you know, breakfast and stuff like that. So it's like these traditions are so important um, because they really build a child's, you know, memories, their self-esteem, their like connection to family. And I think at the end of the day, whether it's whether it's a holiday or just every day, I think the one thing I always want to make sure we do is is connection. Yeah. And, and then from my perspective, I remember like some of the fondest memories I had was during those family parties when I was younger. And then when they kind of stopped because we all got older and people just went different ways, I have trouble remembering other memories around the holiday season. So that's why I just think it's important as a family that we try to do those memories just because of how we know the what a, what a lasting effect it could be. Yeah. Okay. All right. So this one's my last one. Sure. I don't even know how many we've answered. What is it? What are your top five regrets in life? Oh, this is just a tough one for me because I really don't regret anything. I feel like every mistake is a lesson learned and I wouldn't change anything because I'm very happy with just how, where I am today and the person that I'm working toward becoming. Okay, Um, let's rephrase it then. What are, what is at least one thing, what is one situation that happened in your life that you wish you could have done differently? So one thing I would admit is Growing up, I went post-college, I lived at home for a couple of years and I probably, I lived downstairs from my dad and I really wish I was able to spend more time with him when I lived at, his, at the house and now that we're in Florida, it's a little difficult for me to see him and talk to him as often as I could have living right underneath him and I think it's just because... I think important to note too that it was a du- um, multi-family. It was a two-family, so I had my own place, he had his own place above me and it's just... I was stuck in that mentality of like, oh, parents are just... They don't get me. They don't get me. Like, they're just nagging me all the time. But like, you know, when you transition to adulthood and they become not like an equal, but more of like a friend in a sense that they're no longer your like... Provider. Provider, person watching over you. It's someone that you can like confide in and and get their experiences from. So I've noticed that my conversations with my dad have been getting a little bit better in terms of just the depth and brevity of what we talk about. Wow, brevity. That's a big word. That's That's that MBA education. No, I think it's your reading now. Yeah. But so back to what I was saying. uh, Yeah, I mean, I just wish I took more time to kind of just literally just go upstairs or have him come downstairs and just kind of just talk more. Just hang hang out because... Time is limited, and now it's a little more difficult being hundreds of miles away. But mm-hmm. that's just one of the few things in my life I'd say I regret. Yeah. Do you want to answer? I think we have like five more minutes, so. All right. You want to do one more? Yeah. All right. This will be your last one. Oh, how did I know you would choose this one? Um, so the question is, as a parent, would you be the good cop or the bad cop? Explain. <laughs> um. So I, I don't think there should be a good cop or bad cop, but I think it's talk, you know, when they say that it's who is a person that's like enforcing. So who's the, who's the parent that's enforcing like the boundaries, who's enforcing like, you know, the schedule and who's enforcing um, like 
I don't like to use the word rules, but like the protocols of the house. And I think definitely that would be me. So if you want to call me the bad cop, then I definitely be the bad cop if that's the definition yeah, of it. I'd say I'm weak. I'd be like, <laughs> oh, he starts crying. Like, oh, can I have toys? Oh, here you go. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's like, um, I think for you, we've seen that even like with the dogs or like, I'll have to tell you like, no, we can't have them jumping on you. We can't have, and you'll just be like, yeah, but it's so cute, but it's yeah. not cute on when other people get humped by hot cheese. <laughs> I, I'd like to think I'd be a little more stern with him because I want to see him be the type of individual I have in mind, but at the same time too, it's just so hard when they just do those cute things and they just kind of like... So one of the things that I learned like on parenting Instagrams is like, like I don't necessarily want to be stern, right? But you want to make sure you like you hold your ground for certain things. So like once they start getting older and they know how to say no, um, one of the things is rather than saying like, no, you can't do that, you can say something along the lines of like, w um, if you finish your like your food, then you can go play outside. So it's the if then rather than having to be like, no, you can't do that. Because that yeah. being stern or like having that, that's what causes like the power struggle between like parent and child. So it's, I think you being able to understand how your child is going to, how your child processes what you're actually saying is something that you and I will definitely be learning how to do in order to prevent those power struggles and maybe it can just allow us to have a smoother um, upbringing too. But yeah, so I think I'd definitely be the bad cop if that's the definition. If you guys like this type of format where we answer these types of questions, um, we're, you know, we'd love to do it. So let us know. But otherwise, again, um, for any couples that are kind of feeling that they're in a rut, it's okay to try to bring that up to your partner and find different ways to just refresh and bring back the spark and know it doesn't have to be expensive dinners or trips like it can literally be something like talking about things that you don't typically talk about right yep. so it's like um if you feel like you're in a rut try these card prompts and i think it can just add a little bit more understanding to each other yeah and if you're looking again this this particular deck is the intimacy cards from best self and there's different versions of it as well so if you're the type of person who does morning affirmations or likes to do prompts um it's or just likes to have these conversations at the dinner table this is definitely something we'd recommend yeah so uh some of the stuff that we talked about today we'll uh we will definitely touch base on again in future episodes but otherwise until next episode follow us on instagram at jeff and tori um Leave us a review, five Share, stars. tell your friends. Yeah, subscribe. And until then, let's continue designing our... Extraordinary lives together. All right, bye everyone. Take care.